Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. So um, we're going to uh, be praying over some people this morning, commissioning them for the, their service in the life of the church over the next 12 months. And I'm going to invite Deb to come up and join me in this. And uh, we're going to uh, pray for our service pastors, our gen pastors, our connect group leaders. And uh, so I would like to invite all of you guys to come up. Uh, you know who you are. If you don't, and I, I've got a list here, so uh, I can tell whether you'll be here or not. So um, just uh, invite all of these guys up. The whole idea of, of setting a pe- people apart and laying hands on them is to actually, uh, the statement to you as a church is that uh, these people are commissioned by, by us as a church for your plans and purposes. They represent the span of care in the life of the church and uh, they represent the purposes and plans and the efforts of everything that we do here. And so... Um, I'd like to kind of uh, be a little bit formal in this process because it's an ordination service as such for the uh, next 12 months. And so I'm going to read through, Deb and I are going to uh, read through some thoughts around this to frame it for you so that you understand what this is all about. So Deb and I are senior ministers. We pastor our pastors who are responsible to pastor the church. We have two levels of pastoral care for members in our church. We have connect groups, which is the backbone of care, the primary point of care. We would love everyone in our church to be in a connect group. Connect groups care for each other, love each other, led by connect group leaders who who lead by example in caring for the members of their connect group. Then there are generational pastors. They are voluntary leaders who have a gift of encouragement and pastoral care. Generational pastors oversee connect groups and they coach and care for the connect group leaders and also look out for the people not in connect groups but in that demographic. We also ordain our service pastors and our pastoral exec team and our prayer pastor. Um, We appoint new pastors who are called and gifted and we prayerfully consider these appointments before making them. Pastors we are ordaining today have been functioning in various roles for a period of time. So we're praying today and we've asked uh, those who maybe are in a solo role but have a significant other that are supporting in there to, to stand with them here today. But we're praying for John Giselle Quigley, Ben Emily Rundle, Andrew Nat Kingston, Ken Ronda Hubert. Uh, they're ordained as our generational pastors and leaders. Our Sunday service pastors, uh, Ben and Emily Rundle and uh, Steve and Christy Miles, Sarah Hill as, her, as our C3 Cares service pastor, Dendi and Livia as our international pastors, praying for our pastoral exec team, Ben Aiken, Matt DeQuino, Christy Miles, Ben Rundle, Giselle Quigley. Um, and so we're also playing for our connect group leaders, uh, Ben and Michelle Aiken, Ben Rundle, Cherie Croft, Deanna Barillaro, Dendi and Livia, Latif, Dion Myberg, John and Crystal Watt, Matt and Sam DeQuino, Pete and Leanna Callahan, Stephen Christy Miles, Andrew and M. Parnell, Andrew and Nat Kingston, Michael and Tana Botha, Ken and Rhonda Hubert, Andre Collins, Tony Cope. And we're also praying for our prayer pastor, Tana Botha. And we thank you all for your commitment and dedication to the life of our church. So this is how it works for, uh, if you're in a connect group, 
Um, uh, it, so your connect group, most connect groups will have certain pastors in the area. So we've got the generational pastors looking after various things. So uh, if you have kids in kids' church, Giselle is uh, your, your generational pastor. I want to just uh, point out that Giselle and Joel and Giselle are looking after youth and kids at the moment. Uh, and Giselle has uh, stepped into an interim role but um, you know we're believing that, that God has placed on the heart of somebody in our church, in our congregation, the, the call, the sense of call and burden for ministry to our kids. And uh, you know, Giselle is doing a phenomenal job, but, but we actually want to empower and release people who are able to carry that focus. And I, and I just sense today, even as I was thinking about it earlier, that, that God has placed I want you to respond to the stirring in your heart if God has placed on you uh, a sense of that call to kids' ministry. And uh, it's an incredible privilege, an incredible privilege to kids' ministry. And, uh, and Joel and Giselle are doing the youth as well at the moment, and they're doing a phenomenal job with that. And uh, so we just want to make sure that we're giving the best possible opportunity for, for our kids and our, and our youth. Uh, our young adults are being led by Ben and Emily. Uh, if you're in a connect group, mostly between 30 and 50, Andrew and Nat are looking after you. And uh, those over 50, Ken and Rhonda, are looking after you. So, um, and if you don't go to a connect group, uh, but, and you're still a part of our church, your generational pastor will be based on your age, as I outlined before. So, Deb. Okay, yes. Um, so, the explanation of what it is to be a pastor, we do take uh, ordinate, ordin, ordaining someone as a pastor of our church seriously. A pastor is a person who is called to serve God's people by loving, teaching, leading and guiding them. Steve and I receive our credentials from C3 Church Movement and uh, then it is our responsibility to ordain the pastors in C3 Monash, our local church. These credentials are reviewed annually uh, as it will be with our local church pastors. This is something that we prayerfully consider. And a few of the things that we consider when ordaining and appointing and anointing pastors are firstly their character. And so the Bible talks about uh, the qualities of uh, elders and deacons in two books of the Bible, in 1 Timothy 3 and 1 Titus 1. And so the, uh, without going through those portions of Scripture, it's not a demand for perfection, but it is a, a willingness and a living, in a sense, above reproach. Uh, generally speaking, the qualities that these pastors demonstrate would see them fit and capable of doing the role for which we are setting them apart today. They have consistent characters, and so they're not uh, prone to swings and, and you know, roundabouts, but just a consistent, steadfast walk of God. Um, but they all have, we all have feet of clay, and so we all prevail upon the grace and mercy of God as we carry out our um, functions for him. And uh, the thing that we're looking for, uh, probably as much as anything, is a willingness to grow, a teachability, and an opportunity to be discipled and grow in the things of God. So that's the character element. The calling element is, is there's a sense that there's a calling and a setting part for what uh, God has purposed in our heart. They've been given spiritual gifts and wired by God in a certain way to carry the capacity for which we're setting them apart today. And so we recognize these 
gifts and honour them. And uh, as, as ministers, we see and uh, uh, respond appropriately. And so we also know that there's a resonance within our broader church community about how we are setting apart these incredible people today. And then there's a willingness to pay the cost. So there's character, there's a calling, and then there's the cost. And uh, there's a, uh, these guys are on the frontline ministry of our church. They're carrying uh, the baton forward. And so, as you know, spiritual warfare is very real and very uh, um, uncompromising and relentless. And so we need to pray for each other, cover each other. And, and uh, these guys are willing, are standing up and saying, we're willing to pay the price to carry the cost for to be uh, to carry a pastoral role and responsibility in the life of a church. And so for all of these here, the godly character, the strong sense of calling, and that they are living a life of sacrificial servant-heartedness and paying the cost is what we are recognizing today. So I want to commission all of you this morning with this charge. I solemnly urge you before God and before Jesus Christ, who will one day judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. His kingdom. Be strong in the grace and the special favour God gives you in Christ. Teach and be an example to the truths and lifestyle you have been taught. Work hard so that God can approve you. Show kindness to all. Avoid arguments and slander. Live in the faith and love that you have in Christ. With the help of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, carefully guard what has been entrusted to you. And finally, complete the ministry that God has given to you. I would like for you to join, reach out your hands and join now as Deb and I just pray over our pastors this morning. Thank you, God. Father, thank you for Ben and Emily. Touch them, anoint them, bless them. Holy Ghost, the miles. Thank you, Father. Fresh touch of heaven, Holy Spirit. Latifs, thank you, God, for the call on their lives, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for enlargement for all of these, every single one for Michael and Tana. Thank you, God. Touch, touch them this morning. Let the fresh fire fall today, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for wisdom and grace. Right words at right time. Thank you for the Huberts. Thank you for Tony. God bless her, anoint her. Thank you, God. Thank you for the Parnells, God. Touch them, bless them. For Andre, thank you, Lord. Touch and bless her. Lord, I just thank you, Father, for these incredible pastors, for the Kingstons, for the Quigleys, for the Hills, for the Aikens, God. Thank you for the Watts. I thank you for the O'Callaghan's. God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I pray a fresh inspiration, a fresh sense of purpose and destiny over each and every one, God. I thank you for the grace to have the conversations that need to be had. I thank you for the wisdom to say the right thing at the right time to the right people, God. I thank you for covering and protection over each and every one. Lord, I thank you that you raise our awareness against the schemes of the enemy and the fiery darts that come our way. I pray a hedge of protection over your pastors here today, God, and I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, as we lead this church forward with a sense of purpose, Lord, that there would be, uh, Lord, that as, the, as the, the year rolls out with a sense of grind about it and not another meeting, not another gathering, I pray you would replace that with a sense of purpose and call and destiny and excitement and enthusiasm, Lord, that you would Give reason and expression to the hope that is within each and every one of these pastors. And I just thank you, God, for them. I thank you for them, God. 
And we pray your covering and protection, God. And I thank you for our church, our congregation. It would be a place where people are discipled well. People are led in the things of God well. That we, that we embrace the qualities and the characteristics of biblical truth and live them out in the context of our day-to-day lives. Thank you, God. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Why don't you give these guys a hand this morning? Wonderful. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Thank you for all that you do. Wonderful. Okay. So, a uh, bit of extended prayer over the what's over there. I think Crystal shared her story at C3 Cares. Three people got saved on, uh, on Wednesday. How good is that? God's good. So, um, don't forget uh, these cards for you to put down your dreams and visions. And uh, I think one... One thing that has been answered for Deb and I in this last week is actually on Friday, on uh, Valentine's Day, uh, something that's been on, certainly on my list for the last X number of years, certainly nine years since we've been down here, is that um, uh, our youngest son, Josh, got engaged on Friday. So that's pretty cool. So um, we've been praying that he would find a life partner and... Uh, so, yeah, that was very exciting. On Valentine's Day, which is also uh, Maddie, his uh, fiance's birthday. So it was all happening on the one day. But, um, so, yes. Okay, well, I'm going to invite Amy to come up. And uh, what we're going to do a little bit different this time around is um, I'm going to uh, get Amy to kind of interview Deb and I and uh, ask us some questions. Thanks, Pete. So... Um, not quite. We've got three questions here, which I'm not. I don't, hopefully, we'll get to those. Is that where we're starting from, Amy? Yeah, man. <laughs> um, so I just need leadership. When do you want me finished? Okay. At the end of that 15 minutes. Awesome. Yep. Cool. Do you get, maybe let's. Do you want to bring your seats forward? If you're comfortable <laughs> yeah. to do that. Oh, let's Circle get into it. Love. Don't be afraid. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we just. Um, we just wanted to create some space. I think, I, I mean, I've been in our church for a long time and I always, there's two Sundays I always find very moving and really significant and they're Vision Sunday and our Vision Builders and I, I get very emotional <laughs> those Sundays and, um, and I think, I mean, even this morning, I just know the faithfulness of God towards us as a community, towards me personally and um, I know we'll see it, his faithfulness towards Canberra and this city um, but there's a lot of soul work that goes into trusting God with your visions and with your dreams and there's a lot of wrestle in our faith and so we actually just wanted to together really take this opportunity to um, hear you know the heart of our pastors and just really draw out some insight on um, how we navigate trust God with our dreams and visions and lean into that destiny that you've referred to so much to this morning. How do we do this well together? And, um, and I did sort of put my questions together really on reflection of, who, I think, who you guys are and I feel like who you've, the way you've pastored me. And um, I cry, <laughs> cry every time with the whites. It's actually, I think they, it's weird for them, but... Um, <laughs> 
It happens every we make time. People cry. Oh my gosh. Um, anyway, I think th- that there's just a real grace and a real anointing. Um, it just seems effortless, which is weird because I'm like, that seems hard. Um, on your lives, to I think just allow really spaces for healing for people, and I just think um, a real ability to help people navigate really hard tensions, really grey areas, really tough moments. Um, and so, yeah, we just want help. <laughs> uh, so that's sort of um, kind of what we're going to talk about this morning, quickly. <laughs> um, so I just wanted to start, you know, the scripture kind of we're looking at around this month in particular. Obviously, our visions and dreams are long-standing, but for this month, it's out of um, 1 John 3 verse 2 in the message vers- version. It says, but friends, that's exactly who we are, tr- children of God, and that's only the beginning. Who knows how we will end up? And I just, I guess I just wanted to ask you guys your thoughts around, there's an immediate tension there for us as disciples and as a community of there's what we hope for, our own dreams and visions and and a sense of God's destiny, but there's this big reality of who knows where we'll end up. This is just the beginning. Um, And so I was kind of, yeah, I just wanted to know your thoughts around how do we navigate those in-between moments um, and those tough moments? Mm. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a good question. The, uh, I think life is lived in transition. We're always in transition. We're sort, co- always caught somewhere between uh, heaven and earth. And as Christians, that, there's a tension that we need to learn how to uh, kind of live peaceably with. Because it's like, there's always something more. But you know what? I'm really content with where I'm at at the moment. And uh, the thought that, uh, that scripture talks about who knows how we'll end up, I think how is more important than where, because oftentimes we're, f- we're trying to work out where we're going to end up. But it's the how that's important. I, you know, we want to end up close to God, walking with him, uh, living a principle-based life, uh, shaped by the word of God, value, making decisions based on values around the word of God. And so that will inform how we will end up. So... That would be a thought for me. Yeah, decisions definitely around um, the values in the Word of God. And uh, it's interesting because Steve is such a peacemaker. Um, I can lose my call very easily, but you wouldn't know that, would you? Um, <laughs> but I, I tell you that I, you know, it's that continuing on from that 1 John 3, I, I look at um, Romans 12. I think and it's talking about not conforming to the world but being transformed by the Word of God and I find that that's been my journey (laughs) continually I can't do without the Word of God and the Word is a um, there's revelation but revelation comes from the person and the person of Jesus Christ and I think you know in uh, church life and we are building blocks we're building together and in church life we're constantly trying to work with one another our our difference our differences our different backgrounds you know the stuff that we're we're challenged with um our our in you know our inconsistencies or our um you know our our insecurities whatever it might be we're we're working together but the miracle in it is that god wants to build something rather beautiful 
out of us um, and not just personally but together because it's together that we actually speak you know volumes to the world and I think as we work together and I think that scripture too that comes out of um, uh, Matthew 11:38 talks about Jesus talks about the yoke um, and he encourages us to put on the yoke and to walk with him and to be taught by him. And the yoke to me is really, um, it's a person again and it's the person of the Holy Spirit. And I, I kind of see like Jesus and me and the Holy Spirit coming around us with his arms around us like a yoke. And um, for me, that holds me in that place of, look, no matter what's going on, no matter what grief is going on in life, no matter what you might have been separated from, I don't want to be separated from God. You know, I, I want to be yoked to him. And I think that being transformed in my mind, renewed daily, uh, is really important. Look, some days I don't get to read my Bible, um, but the word of God is in me. So I can, I can remember it. And if I know that I'm yoked to Jesus, I give thanks to him. Lord, if I'm heading off in the wrong direction, if I've got an angst with someone, then it's probably, you know, I've got to work out, do I need to talk to that person, pray for that person, let go of, you know, an offence and, and just remain yoked. And I think in all that, um, God starts to reveal the dreams and the desires of your heart and, and you know, you start to flow out of that place. So there's tensions in all of it, but I think, you know, just let the renovation of the mind happen regularly and let the, um, and, and experience the, the yoking, let the Holy Spirit come and be your counsellor, be your teacher um, and lead you, you know, toward what God is showing us the Father heart of God, which is what Jesus did every time. So. I was reading a book uh, during the week, The Relentless Elimination of Hurry, and he was talking about that scripture. And uh, he was saying that the interesting thing is that we are yoked in the context of the work we do for God. So sometimes we think God just, you know, the yoke being easy might, well, I just live on a paradise island or something like that. But it's actually the yoke is easy in the context of the work we do for God. We're yoked to him to do a job. And so if we can have a right perspective and mindset around that, we're not carrying the undue weight of it, but we're actually just responding to what God is leading us into with that. So I think that, you know, sometimes we think, well, if I just don't do something, it'll be a lot easier. But in actual fact, it's easier when we do what we're doing with God. So. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I'm curious, um, kind of on what both of you said of Pastor Steve, that how being really more important than the where. And for you, Deb, that I guess that's linked to that renewing of your mind. Yeah. I think they're pretty integrated. But I'd, I'm also curious to know then, how do you discern the how? And, and what do you do mm. when your how's been wrong? You know what I mean? When you're actually mm. like, oh, I've got to reevaluate. Mm. And it's actually got to look different. And there is change. Yeah. Like what we're talking about, this, there's a real change that I've got to make here. They're yeah. hard. Like that's hard. <laughs> well, I, I think that we all make the right decision at the time. Otherwise, we wouldn't have made the decision. So we need to cut ourselves a bit of slack, yeah. you know, and like, okay, uh, I've learned from that, but it's a, it's a new day. And so I, I was in a, a spiritual retreat at the end of this week with some fellow ministers, uh, not just C3, but... Uh, 
denominational ministers, which was really uh, rich and invigorating for me. But uh, one of them tell, told a story about you know when you leave your, the when you the airport, there's the, the this the the reminder comes across: do not leave your belongings unattended. And uh, and what this guy brought out, he said, I reckon that the key is don't leave your longings in God unattended. And so I think that in our heart, there is a longing for God. And we need to listen to that so that sometimes we might have made a mistake along the way and deviated from the course. But there's a longing deep in every, inside of each of every one of us that we need to connect with, you know. And, and so don't leave our longings in God unattended because they're there for a reason. They've been put there by God. So. I love that. I've, um, <laughs> this is like really silly. You know when God just speaks to you in silly things? Um, but that um, the song Going on a Bear Hunt is like my favourite at the moment because it's my nephew's favourite book. And he's memorised obviously aspects of that. So when you're reading it together, he feels like I'm reading and I'm very intelligent. Um, but I felt, it's so silly, but I felt God speak to me out of going on a bear hunt of like, don't lose that hunt mm. and that sense of adventure. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But even though there's the, that reality where you hit stuff where you're like, mm. I can't go under this. Mm. I can't go over it. I can't go around it. However the song goes, but I actually have to go through it. Mm. And I've, mm. I don't know, I've, like I love that of like, there is don't let that longing go unattended because mm. I felt like, that can actually die when you're like, well, I'm, I have to go through it. Forget it. Like, maybe I won't. Or, um, yeah, I guess it takes resilience. I've always um, observed for you guys, there is a real resilience and endurance. And, and I've seen your journey, like, massive stuff. And even things where I would go, that feels like an injustice to me. Like, watching your life, knowing your story, I'm like, that did not happen to you. Um, and yet every time I speak to you, I feel a very honest and authentic sense of hope and optimism that just doesn't seem to waver. Mm. Mm. For you, would you say that's connected to you, you don't let the longing die? You do, you've stayed disciplined in attending to it or mm. Mm. does that question make sense? Yeah, yeah. Good. it's a good question. I mean, why shouldn't bad stuff happen to us? Yeah. Because you're really nice. <laughs> I really like you. Well, I'll take that, but it, that's not the way life works, does it? You know, so it, it's, it's, you know, hey, we're all walking in this together. We, we've just, I don't have a choice over what happens to me, but I do have a choice over how I respond to what happens to me. And so I want to give a reason for the hope that's within me. And, and so I, I, that hope that I felt filled up with when I, the moment I got saved has not left me. And so um, I have bad days from time to time, but, you know, I, uh, yeah, it's, that for me, that would be why. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely the hope in us. It's, um, it is a long game. Um, there is the longings and the desires in our heart. I believe that God um, will fulfil those. You know, it's interesting um, when you see loved ones pass, and you know that they've had dreams in their hearts. And I get blown away how sometimes they don't get to see a dream fulfilled, but the next generation does. And I think that in holding on to no matter what I put my hand to, um, I know that somehow God will use it. And I think that's, what, that's the anchor of hope for me because I, I'm trusting... God's purpose in it yeah. 
and it's eternal. So there's eternal gain. Like, you know, you're not building up your wealth here on earth. You're building up your wealth. It's kingdom. It's, it's, it's much broader than us. And I think when we get stuck in those places of disappointment or grief or, or pain or challenge or, you know, sometimes we feel I'm second best. How, you know, how can I actually make a difference in someone's life? Um, I think that we start to look to, um, you know, the, the person who gives us hope through Jesus. And um, where was I going with that? I was going somewhere. I've just lost it. It's fine. <laughs> we're with you. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, yeah, I, I, you know, I just know that somehow God does turn it around and he really does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean... Family is so important to us, as we've talked about before, and yet in our context here in Canberra, we have no family with us. And um, that was a major grief for me. Sorry. <laughs> but... <laughs> in, <laughs> I think it, it becomes... Now more about the, the how than the where, doesn't it? Because yeah. it's, uh, you know, certain things, paths that we wouldn't choose in life for ourselves, but God's with us in the midst of it all. And I think, I, I, you know, we, Deb and I would want you to hear the emotion that she's sharing as raw and real, not as a negative, but as a, as a positive yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, because we've, you know, as you've journeyed with us over the last eight years, we've seen loved ones in our kids, you know, come to the altar to Christ right here, uh, meet their life partners, get you know, get married, walk through cancer, We've had the whole gamut up and down, and uh, and sometimes proximity can be challenging, but um, you, it, it is what it is at the moment, and you do what you can when you can. But I again, it's it's just that sense of well, God's you know, if if I think I have to control everything, then um, I've missed the point. Uh, you know, one of my um, I like listening to blues. Uh, Greg Allman and blues music and he's got a song and one of the lyrics in the song goes it's hard to live your life in colour and tell the truth in black and white and sometimes we think we want life to be black and white but it's actually really colourful and very vibrant and distinct and different and if we try to compartmentalise it and just make it black and white then we, we set ourselves up for disappointment and so I think, I think uh, learning how to flow with uh, what God's allowing to come our way because it's like okay god what are you allowing to come my way out of that what do you want to teach me yeah. what I'm, what what if uh what are you showing what characteristics of yourself are you showing me that i need to learn and grow in and um how do i deal with that so yeah yeah, yeah thanks <laughs> that's helpful Don't but yeah it, you, i mean in in that journey um we have extended family and we have grown so much ourselves that if we'd stayed in Kingscliff, I don't think we would have experienced half of what we've experienced in this place. And we have got such a rich family here in C3 Monash. And, you know, at times we all guard our hearts and um, sometimes we put up walls and um, we, ha we need God to dismantle those so that 
we can be free to um, to build together mm. and um, build something that's significant. Yeah, I love um, just also just the widow's might. You know, she brought what she had. I think that as we bring what we have mm. seems small sometimes and sometimes coming down here is like, oh, what do we, you know, it, it seems small what we had to bring. But I love how, you know, God changes it from M-I-T-E to M-I-G-H-T, that it became the widow's might, it became her strength. She knew the provision of God in her world. She knew that God would fulfill dreams of her heart because she brought the little that she had. And um, I just think as we bring what we have, what's in our hand, um, cliche, we hear that, but if we do bring to God what we have, um, he does quite extraordinary things with that and we recognise his might in the midst of it. Yeah, I think it's like what that scripture was saying, it's obviously it says who knows where we'll end up but the, the sentence prior to that is this is just the beginning. So the reality is for whatever dreams or desires all of us are bringing to the altar this morning what God's going to do with them, this mm. is our sense for them and our purpose for them is just mm. the beginning and it's mm. it's not that it's easy but mm. there's such a rich legacy and it's so worth it and there's so much hope in Christ mm. and um, just lastly oh my bad uh, I'm still going to ask it so um, just lastly I'd really love if you would you know our heart is to actually be able to change Canberra and really have a genuine impact an honest and authentic impact on our community, on our, on the people around mm. us, on the people who know Jesus, who don't know Jesus. We want to deepen our own lives. We mm. want to see other people come into our family here at Monash. Mm. If you could paint for us a picture of what it means to change Canberra for you guys. Well, I think cha changing ca Canberra is the commission that God has given each and every one of us into our workplaces and I think we are uniquely placed because we have people in uh, public service, high levels of public service, we have people in military, we have people in academia, in schools, all sorts of spheres of influence in society that as you carry the gospel message, as you carry the reason for the hope that's in you into those environments, that's how Canberra will change. And so I think that the water cooler conversations, the, the, the standing with people who are going through a divorce or whatever's happening in their world, you're there for a reason and a purpose. So Canberra will change as, as you uh, pluck up the courage to, to you know, communicate the reason for the hope that's in you. Uh, and so, to me, I find that an incredibly empowering statement. To not that we're going to change Canberra by being bigger and better and stronger than everything else, but it's 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 like we're going to infiltrate uh, at all these levels and spheres because you, you're placed uniquely where nobody else is. And so, there's I think I think attaching the sense of destiny and call 
to that where you are is really, really important. And sometimes I think, well, we think we're just going from, you know, our Christianity is Sunday to Sunday, but I reckon you need to be more prayed up for the workplace than you do to come to church. Come to church, get refreshed, get recharged, we'll worship and encourage each other, but get yourself prayed up to go into the workplace and those halls of influence around this city that, that, that you know, we, we um, have the privilege of influencing. So... To me, that's what changing Canberra looks like. So, yeah, exactly. You said most of it there. Oh, and and just going back to that, um, that, that being yoked, uh, the yoking is an anointing, and I think we've just got to remember what we do have and what we 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 take with us. That um, that is it is important to know that yeah that God is doing a work through us because sometimes we feel like oh i didn't really say what i needed to say to help that person oh i didn't get around to inviting them you know we can beat ourselves up but i think it's just being um, proactive in in that sense of uh, there is an anointing on me there is a grace and i want to be able to season those words that i have with someone as words of encouragement of, of words of um you know influence that that influence is not something that seems like massive. Influence is, again, just in those little things, just in that smile, just in that, can I grab you a coffee? It's just in, it's actually the small things that, are in, that bring influence and that um, have an impact on people's lives, whether you're in the workplace, whether it's in family, whether it's, you know, here together in the church, working together on team. Um, you know, whether you're in government, it, it's the little things that are rich uh, in shifting something, in, in changing lives. And that's my experience. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing different conversations that different ones of you have with friends or someone in the workplace. And I, that influences me. That encourages me when I hear, Amy, what, you know, what's being shared out there and um, through the hard times and the seemingly easy times <laughs> you know that that there is an influence um happening and that i would love to see canberra have a healthy fear of god and who he is and you know that's i had the scripture psalm 33:18. but the eyes of the lord are on those who fear him on those whose hope is in his unfailing love and um yeah we need to have jesus as our savior and our lord keep him lord keep him first in front of all that you're doing and um yeah we're going to influence we're going to influence our city yeah i think um you guys are when it comes to changing canberra probably the best example I've ever seen of how much the kindness of God can really just bring people... <laughs> what the heck? I like, don't want to be this person. Um, <laughs> that can um, really bring people to repentance. And um, I know it's a burden of you guys that you've shared before of, like, you want genuine repentance in people's heart. And um, I just think you guys are a great example of kindness is so doable and um, we have opportunity every day to do it. So I think on that note... Um, I'm just going to invite everyone actually to stand and the Michael and Tana Botha are going to come up and we just wanted to really corporately take a moment to um, 
just be able to honour Pastor Stephen Deb and the dreams and visions they have and um, anoint theirs together. So Tana, who's just been commissioned this morning as our prayer pastor, and we're just going to um, just make sure we anoint you guys and then um, and then there's going to be opportunity for everyone else to come up and be anointed. Just quickly housekeeping, um, after we pray for Stephen and Deb, you are able, parents, you're able to go and collect your older kids from kids, oh no, the older kids are going to be brought in um, and then for anyone who's a creche parent, you have the option to go get um, your child from creche or leave them there. So... And I you'll be judged actually, for your decision. I think we decided to actually bring them all in. Oh, right. Okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So you do not have the option. Yeah, you have to get your kids. So Options gone. I mean, not sorry. We love them. Um, so. Awesome. I'm just going to hand over to Tana. Thank you. I'm so glad there's no confusion. Um, actually, I don't think I have anything new. What I'm bringing today is something that you know very well. And I'm going to read it as if God is speaking to you right now. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you because the Lord has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty for ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And God says, you will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And then he says in Isaiah 51, for I am the Lord your God who stirs up the sea, causing its waves to roar. My name is the Lord of heaven's armies, and I have put my words in your mouth and hidden you safely in my hand. Father God, I pray for these people today, Stephen Deb. I ask you to anoint them, like you say, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Sovereign God is on you. So we, we anoint you today as the pastors you are, even for your vision for this Tuggeranong Valley, may you bring freedom and release from darkness. Freedom from prison, release from darkness. We thank you for your spirit of truth and righteousness. We thank you for your spirit of life, of love, your spirit, your Holy Spirit in them. So, Father, anoint them today in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Anoint them for your commission, Lord God, to bring your word into Canberra and into our Tuggeranong Valley, for their hearts are here. We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, your grace upon them, for you, your yoke, which is light, and your burden, who is, which is easy. May your will be done today, Lord. May your spirit release them to do what you have called them to do in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. I might, can I call forward our Gen Pastors? I'd love to. 
Deb and I pray over our gen pastors and then we'll empower them to pray over you guys as you bring your... bring these dreams and visions before you and lay them on this altar today. God, God, even the longings of their heart that would come alive today, surrendered before you on this altar. Thank you for destiny. Thank you for purpose. Thank you for calling. Thank you for your anointing. In Jesus' mighty name, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Ken and Rhonda, Lord, in agreement on this altar. Dreams, visions, hopes, aspirations, goals. I thank you, Father. Surrendered before you on this altar. Thank you, God. Minister deep into their soul today, God. That the longings of their heart become a reality, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Serenine, standing in agreement on this altar, dreams and hopes and aspirations and goals before you. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in them and through them. The longings of their heart surrendered on this altar before you today, God, leaving this place with a fresh sense of purpose, call and destiny on them. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Holy Ghost, Father, I thank you for Joel and Giselle. These three boys, bless them, anoint them. God, destiny, purpose, clarity, calling. Thank you for your anointing upon them, God. The dreams and hopes and aspirations surrendered on this altar today. Before you, God, right now, seal it in their hearts and lives. I thank you for these three young boys, these young men growing up protected in the things of God touch them thank you God thank you God destiny over their lives purity over their lives God thank you thank you God thank you God thank you for thank you God for the Kingstons thank you God hopes and dreams and goals and aspirations and longings surrendered on this altar this morning thank you for these beautiful kids Touch them, God. Protect them. Guide them. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You would be their strength. You'd be their rock, their guiding and their leading. Thank you for healing. Thank you for healing touch right now. Over Andrew from the top of his head to the tip of his toes. Thank you, God. Father, I thank you, God, for your healing power and grace right now. Thank you, Lord. Surrendered on this altar in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.